0: The Alan Carter Show. I'm Arlene Bynan sitting in for Alan this afternoon. Do you feel my pain? Maybe you don't feel it the same way. We've heard rumblings of this for years and years, and now there is way more evidence that people, or let's face it, men and women, experience pain completely differently, and if so, Perhaps we should be treating it differently. Dr. Michael Hildebrand is joining us, a neuroscientist and a principal investigator at Carleton University. Dr. Hildebrand, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Arlene. Thank you so much for having me on. How show
0: big, it's great to have you. How big of a difference is this? Because this is one of those stories you hear, you watch, you experience, you say, wow, he can't take it. He seems I seem to be able to take more pain. And then now, do we have more evidence about it?
1: Yeah, I think one of the surprising um, discoveries here is that even when the pain is similar in men versus female females, we've discovered that the mechanisms that drive that chronic pain, as we're studying, can actually be different. And so that can maybe inform potential different targets for new treatments for males versus females.
0: What do you mean, the mechanisms? Um, so, how would that manifest yeah, itself? Yeah,
1: thank you. Um, so, so we're really studying what goes wrong. At the level of the spinal cord to cause chronic pain. And so there's signaling that happens that connects your pain detectors basically in your skin and throughout your body to the brain, which ultimately encodes the unpleasant sensory emotional experience that we know of as pain. And so what we're what we've been investigating is how that signaling at the level of the spinal cord changes and basically you have miswiring to cause increased pain, pain sensation and and chronic pain.
0: Are we learning? Because we know, look, we've got this opioid um, epidemic, and the people who often become addicted are people who are experiencing excruciating pain. Are we learning more about how some people could find
1: it unbearable
0: and others can't?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what we're really unpacking kind of at a molecular level, what's going wrong to drive this. And the whole goal is to try to identify new targets. But as we've been doing this research, kind of the surprising, or maybe it shouldn't have been surprising, as you allude to, discovery is that even at a fundamental level, how these signals are processed is different between between males and females.
0: So how much is the difference between men and women here?
1: So it's, it's really, so there's already before kind of our study, there was these findings that there's different immune responses, basically. So something like arthritis, that you have certain kinds of um pathological immune responses that can drive chronic pain well it's it's been known that those can be different between men and women but now what we've kind of we've taken it a step further and 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 have looked at the neurons and the actual the part of the nervous system that's encoding these signals and we've discovered even at that level so things that we would have assumed probably as biologists that that would have been the same are actually different these mechanisms that change excitability are different
0: so when you look at that, what are you thinking from your experience? What are you saying to yourself? Well, now I know why this, and now I know why that. I mean, are, yeah. Have people been suffering because we didn't know this?
1: Exactly. And that's the problem with a lot of biomedical research is that we haven't separated by sex. Even in clinical trials, often it's not separated men versus versus women. And so there could be drugs that work on one sex or the other that have been discarded or 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 haven't worked um, because of some of these differences. And in terms of how I felt, actually, I can't claim to have designed these kind of experiments It actually we kind of stumbled across it when we were doing, so we do a lot of our experiments in rodents, but we're actually doing experiments in human tissue as well. And so when we did these experiments with human tissue, some of the effects that we were investigating, actually, they got smaller. And we were like, well, why would that be? And then when we went back to the data and we separated it, because with the human experiments, we had tissue from male and female organ donors, we discovered that the, the pathway, the mechanism was there in, in the males and not in the females. So it was a real surprise that then kind of was the launching point for a whole series of investigations to really try to unpack this.
0: Is it evolution? Is it, is it nature? Do you think it's there for a
1: reason? Yeah, that's a tricky question. And we're we're starting to tackle that and because it's chronic pain. And so the the reason of chronic pain is always tricky with pathology of why is it there? But there could be differences differences relating to different sensitivities in men versus females or men versus women that do have evolutionary selective uh, factors that could be driving that because they're different roles. Yes.
0: So how is this going to change things once we know this now? Is there going to be a different kind of a drug or is there a different measurement of drug or, or a whole different uh, drug species are going to be given to men and women
1: here? Yeah, and that's that's kind of, I think the one thing it, it really helps change is, and we've the fields and it's we've already been moving this way in terms of health research, but it under underlines the importance of doing these studies in males and females, both in a preclinical and in clinical um, populations. And in terms of what it could lead to, it could lead to even understanding the current drugs we have. Maybe some of them work better in in one sex versus the other. And then it could lead to potentially development of new treatments that, that work for both sexes. If we can identify what is common between them, what aspects are conserved from men, to, from men to women, as well as maybe, as you're kind of saying, maybe there's sex-selective drugs as well that we can develop as well for certain conditions.
0: I want to ask you, because the whole idea of pain and op- opioids, we pull yes. back the curtain a lot. And there mm-hmm. is a sense, you know, that we've changed our perspective on how possible is it to live pain-free. Some people think that we do that, that we think, okay, you know, we expect to live pain free, but maybe we can't. We can't. Are we, do we have a, a maybe an unrealistic expectation on how pain free our lives should be?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because pain, yeah. acute pain, like physiological normal pain, is a good thing. We need it. It helps us learn of dangers and like the hot stove child kind of analogy. You learn to not touch that hot stove. You learn dangers in the world around you and even as adults, like if you don't have those pain receptors, you could take coffee that's scalding hot, and and drink it and burn your throat. And so that first sip is what helps you avoid more damage. And so I think that's always the fine line of how do we develop, especially when we're thinking of chronic pain, something that kind of turns down the pain signaling, or at least the runaway pain signaling, but still leaves intact that kind of physiological pain that that we need um, to function in, in our daily lives.
0: And this whole thing kind of was so tempting with the opioids, wasn't it? Because people yes. said, Oh, I can do this, we can do it, and you can do it safely. And and doctors and those who were given the the drugs went, oh great. And then it turned out there were strings attached to it.
1: Exactly. Like opioids are excellent for for acute pain for after a surgery or some event. They're really, they're really effective at dampening pain. But the problem is those long-term side effects, the potential for addiction, all the other kind of things associated with them, which make major challenges. And so I think that really underlines the need of, of new and, and different treatments for, for chronic pain patients. We know it's it's very debilitating. It's very common. One in four, one in five Canadians suffer from it. So so we need more research and we need to move the needle on, on new treatments for, for those Thank that are you.
0: suffering. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks kindly. Thank you so much. Dr. Michael Hildebrand is a neuroscientist and a principal investigator at Carlton University. And there we have it. We always had it in our mind, didn't we? You say, oh, well, so-and-so has a high pain tolerance. Or she has one. He doesn't. Women always think that men do not have a high pain tolerance. And there we have it. New research shows there is a difference between men and women. And what happens in our minds when we say we can't take it anymore? Yes, we can take it. And... I always find it fascinating on how we deal with those things.